Welcome to Conversations in the Word. My name is Nick Funderburk. I'm the discipleship pastor here at First Baptist Dothan. And today I am joined by Mike and Sue Marie Coe. Welcome, guys. Welcome. We're glad to be here. Great to be here. Well, I, guys, I, I've uh, gotten to know you a little bit over the course of the last few months, I guess seven or eight months that I've been here. Um, you've both been a wonderful encouragement for me and my family, so thank you for that. Uh, one of the areas that I have been especially encouraged by the, the two of you has been prayer. Um, for, for me, I know that you've prayed for me and for the staff. I know you've prayed for my family. I can remember during the um, search process, Sue Marie, you letting us know that you were praying for us, and that meant a ton for us then. Uh, so today, I want to have a conversation about prayer and about uh, your prayer life and maybe encourage others to um, be able to improve or, or strengthen their own prayer lives. But first, before we get into that, could you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? Okay. Um, personally, I guess you could say, yeah. uh, we've been, we were sweet high school sweethearts coming along. So we, we have a long history of knowing each other. We um, both have been believers all of our married lives. And even before that, and Serena had the great opportunity of coming to know the Lord at, a, at about the same time. I was about a year ahead, and I, was, I had the blessing of being able to speak with her about my faith, which helped solidify her, and, and she also came to that point. So anyway, what we do now is we teach a, uh, couples, a young couples class and singles class in the church on Sunday mornings in our community group, and we love doing that, and we've always had a burden for uh, young people as they start their lives out and just all the things that are ahead of them. I, I think God's really given us that burden. And as we've gotten older, we see a lot of opportunities to share with them things we've learned. And one of those things is about praying. Mm-hmm. So you got anything to add to that? We, we love our community group. We love being a part of it. Um, and it's, it's great to be able to just handle the prayer requests every mm-hmm. week. You know, there's always something with everybody, we're all going through different things in our lives, circumstances, trials, and it's just such a blessing to be able to pray. Yeah. So uh, going back to that, Sumari, how do you kind of organize the the prayer process in your class? Because I've sat in there a couple times. I get the emails. Um, I, mm-hmm. I know that you're you are constantly keeping that prayer list up to date. Could you tell us a little bit about that, and and then maybe even why it's so important to you? Yeah. Um, when we started this class about 10 years ago <clears throat> here at First Baptist Church, it was, um, that was the first thing. I mean, before you do anything, there's got to be prayer behind it. And we all have prayer needs, so it was great to be able to have, have this little book that we pass around, and it's got on the left side the date, the prayer request, and then each person, whoever has prayer request, writes that in um, for that day. And um, then on the other side of the page, it's um, the date God answered and the way he answered. Wow. So it, it's, it's great to be able to have um, just to see God's faithfulness and how he's answered our prayers and to receive those phone calls or those texts every week yeah. because they know that prayer is, is important and, and to us and, and it's, it's serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be a wonderful testimony to be able to look back over over the course of 10 years mm-hmm. and and through this book and, and see how God has answered each one of those prayers and 
um, even continue to pray, knowing that you know God has been faithful to answer these prayers. So, so these other prayers over here, who uh, you know maybe we haven't filled out the right side of the page yet, we know it's coming because our God is a God who answers prayers. That's right. So, for for you both, um, we know you're involved in your community group and praying for for others. Tell us a little bit about your personal prayer life. Okay, <clears throat> I believe that prayer nourishes. You know, we've got to nourish God in us because when we um, became saved or, you know, God came into our life, the Holy Spirit in us, when we got to that point, um, we can either starve the God in us or we can nourish it. And so I decided, you know, when I got saved um, that I wanted to know God. I wanted to know him more than anything that was really important. That was my aim. And so prayer is one of those things. Prayer is one of those ways that you can know him. And so I want to nourish the life of God in me. And one thing that takes away that nourishment is worry. Mm-hmm. And boy, did I have worry. Did I have fear about, yeah. you know, trials and different things that would come up. And when you... um pray about something it just you just lay it at his feet you give it to him and that worry is gone i'm so really thankful for being able to pray yeah all I, the time. I also i would add to that that in my journey you know when i became a believer prayer was something i was told needed to happen or i watched others do it or it was kind of a formal thing yeah but as i've grown i've and especially in the last what 15 years or so I've seen where prayer is not only something others do, something we need to do, but it's essential. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a privilege of the believer, I guess you'd say, that we pray because it's essential for our spiritual growth and for wisdom. And for us to try to live the Christian life without prayer, is, uh, is going, we're stunted. We can't grow. And I, I just feel like God has called us to himself, and we've answered that call and then our response to him is to communicate with him and grow. And I think the believer that tries to grow without prayer is going to be, it's going to be stagnant. And you can learn the word. I mean, there are theological schools where, where professors teach theology, mm-hmm. but they're not saved. And so you can, you can learn of the Bible, but if you're not going to communicate with the author of the Bible and you're not going to learn how to make that a part of your daily life in every little thing you do, then you're just not going to grow in wisdom. And like Sue Marie, uh, we talked about this earlier, but, you know, we go through things. Things happen to us, and we do things that cause things to happen. And when things happen to us, I told her, it's like you're going on a trip and your bag's packed. Well, if it's, if it's not full of wisdom and you haven't grown in that way, when things happen to you, you're not going to be prepared mm-hmm. to handle those things. And so your bag is not, uh, I guess, doesn't have the tools it needs. And so what we've always thought about is if you make this a part of your daily life every day mm-hmm. and, and you grow in it, you develop this wisdom and spiritual maturity. And then what happens when you encounter these things in life that are going to come your way? Everybody's going to encounter trials. And when they happen, you have that bag with you that you can call on. And mm-hmm. Sue Marie had that, an event happen like that to her recently, really to both of us. And it was, uh, it was a wake-up call even at our point in life where we realized that time's short. And she was equipped to go through that and did a beautiful job in continuing to pray, continuing to read the Word, and it was a priority in her life, and it gave her the strength. And that's what power, power of prayer is. It gives us the strength to weather these trials that we go through. 
and that was a, you might want to share something about yeah, that. Yeah, so Marie, would you be willing uh, to share uh, a little yeah. bit about your own yeah, personal I just, experience? I, I had a traumatic head injury, and... This was recently, just... Just, just February 4th, yeah. actually. Um, and um, when, when this happened, it was the doctor said, you know, you need to go to a dark room. You need to not communicate, not think. Hmm. Um, what a strange request. <laughs> <laughs> and not communicate, no, str- no screens, no screens. Yeah. So it was a time of being still. Yeah. And I thought, oh. You're giving me more time with you. <laughs> this intimate, um, being powerfully and intimately connected to him is what I desire. Mm-hmm. But it gave me a lot more time to do that. I got more practice in learning how to be still because I like to go and to do. And so it was a time of being still. And, and God just was, like he says, he upholds you with his right hand. And he did. And I felt like Mike, I was you. You were holding my left hand. I mean, <laughs> and then this FBC family, this church family of ours, you know, praying for me, and it was like it's just humbling, mm. you know, to have other people um, praying for you. And because when you're in a situation where you cannot think, you know, you can't. You you really are weak. You're literally told, don't think. <laughs> yeah. And you're really weak. Yeah. I mean, you're weak, and um, there's so many situations and trials out there where weakness is a big part of it. And and so um, we need prayer. We need to pray for each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike, I want to go back to something you said a minute ago because I think this I think this plays into how you are both able to handle the the situation with Sumeri. Um, but you, you mentioned how uh, a lot of times we're reactionary in our prayer. That, you know, something happens, and then we think, oh, well, now I need to start praying. Um, on the other side of that is is we're, we're called to prepare for, you know, the, the life that we're about to face, whether it's trials, whether it's um, new chapters in life. We're called to be praying uh, that God would prepare our hearts to be able to endure, to be able to uh, live the Christian life we're called to live. So how can you be, I guess, uh, more, I guess, um, prepared in your prayer life? Not prepared to pray, but how can you use your prayer life to be more prepared for this Christian life? You know, what I think, uh, first, let me let me say something that kind of may be a little off track from what you asked, but that's fine. <laughs> I think about it um, a lot, and I've thought about it more in the last few years, but you know, so often events happen in the world, and you see either uh, a flood, a hurricane, or you see a crisis happen, and you hear media and all these different representatives, they'll say, well, we're praying for you, or you hear that common statement all the time, we're praying for you. You have to ask yourself, what does that mean? Are these believers praying for me? Yeah. And the word pray is taken by different people to mean different things. And so often the word pray, like we're praying for you, might mean just we're offering blessings up for you or we're thinking of you or wishing you or giving you good wishes. It's just like a lip service. Yeah, and so Mm -hmm. it's not that it's – the word prayer kind of means different things to different people. For us as believers, it means we're going to talk to our Lord. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, as John had taught his disciples, he he said to them, here's how you do it. Mm And if you read that, if you go and you look at that uh, prayer in Matthew 6 or Luke 11, it's in both places, you'll see where he said, Our Father who art in heaven, 
First of all, you acknowledge God as our Father. Well, an unbeliever can't do that. Yeah. So prayer is for believers. He says, hallowed be thy name. What it's saying there is you're going to worship him. So we start prayer out in worship. And then you also go to wanting his will. You want his will, not your will. And then after that, you want to forgiveness. After he talks about prayer, he talks about then you need to forgive others. Mm-hmm. And so that process of how does it, how do we come to that place? Well, it's, it's through the process like he taught his disciples. You know, we want to first we want to worship him. And after we worship him, then we want to surrender our will to him. Mm-hmm. And so these events that happen in our life, either they're caused by us or by other things out of our control, how are we going to handle those things? Well, we handle them by doing what Jesus said, worship yeah. him. And give him control of those events because he's sovereign and he's going to arrange and allow things to happen in our lives. And like in Sumeri's situation where she hit her head and she had this whiplash and this this uh, concussion kind of going on, how was she going to take, when she went into that, that's not the time for her to say, hey, I need to learn how to pray. Yeah. And these reactionary things like you're talking about, if people are living their lives in their own will then they're going to call on God when these crises happen and cry out to him to save me from this. But what we need to be prepared to do is every day, every day of our lives, every little thing, just like before we begin here, pray about this. Before I go to work, pray about our safety. Sumer and I pray every morning before we go out and start our day, and we pray about travel, we pray about events, we pray about our his plan for our life, our journey he's called us on, and we want to walk in that will. And that's where we, in the beginning of the day, we acknowledge him as our Lord, and then we surrender our will to his will, and we want to walk in that. So these circumstances that happen, you're prepared for them. Like she had her bag packed, and it was full, mm. and she did a beautiful job. Matter of fact, I gained a lot of strength through her and how she handled that because even in her pain and suffering, which we all are going to experience at some time or another, some degree or another, she was able to be prepared to handle that in a way where she leaned on God. She didn't call on him because of the crisis. She was already calling on him long before that. And so she was equipped to go through it. And when she went through it, we both went through it together. We, we prayed more. Uh, she, she was strengthened and empowered by the prayer. And that's, I believe, what really allowed her to get mm-hmm. through that suffering in, of that time when she couldn't, I mean, she couldn't even sleep in the bed. And, and she wasn't sleeping a lot of nights. And, and I know there are a lot of people that might listen to this that are going through situations where they also are suffering from either a physical thing, it may be an emotional thing, it could be a lot of different things. And the thing is, is we have to, at, the time, at that time, be, have our bags packed and be ready to know how do we, we can communicate with our Savior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think being intentional, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's the whole thing, is, is putting it in your week, you know, and, and whether it's, it's in the form, wherever you organize your life, um, just making it a priority in your week. And you're praying for other people. You're, you're, you're praying for others and and thinking about others, because we're all in this together. Yeah. We all love each other. Um, I know my go-to verses, you know, when this happened, um, were, um, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. And that's Isaiah 26, 3. And another one is, What time I am afraid, I will, tr- I will, I will put my trust in you. And so I was very afraid. And, and so being afraid and being fearful you get comforted by these verses. These yeah. verses just comfort you. And wait, I got to share with you the one Go about for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one at night. I mean Proverbs three twenty four. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sweet your sleep will be sweet. And I went over that. I mean, that was the first time I'd ever had to um, 
think about night, you know, not being able to sleep like that. Or mm-hmm. So it was a very encouraging. But verses um, that encouraged me, perfect love cast out all fear. Well, Lord, I know you're perfecting love in me, you know, because I'm, I'm just, you know, we're all just journeying on to be more like him, and we're just not there yet. You know something I just thought about? This sure. is interesting. <laughs> you know, we talk about the armor of God. You're familiar with the armor yes, of God. The I'm familiar with it. Pieces of, <laughs> piece of the armor. Well, a lot of times, for, for a long time, I kept thinking, okay, we put on this armor, you know, the shield, the helmet, the sword, the shoes, and we head out, the belt, the belt of truth, and we go out into the world, we think. But if you read that section of Scripture in Ephesians, it talks about put on the armor of God, and right when it gets through at the very bottom, it says, and pray. Mm. And so really what I see that as is before we go to prayer, not only is it a time of knowledge, acknowledging God and a time of worship to him, but we have to put the armor on before we even pray because it's a spiritual war that we're going into. Mm. So prayer is so the beautiful thing about prayer is you can do it anywhere. You can do it all the time. You don't have to wait till you get somewhere to do it. You don't have to be in church. You don't have to be at somebody's house or in the hospital, whoever you're visiting. You can pray now. And yeah. the thing is, is we need to remember to put that armor on. And once we do, that protects us, and we can pray to him, and we can have perfect peace that he's going to hear us and answer us. Well, Romans 12, 12, you know, it says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to be um, right there with him because um, that's, that's where, you know, he made us. He gives us the strength to go through what we're going through. He equips us. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of good that comes from it. A lot of good. I mean, a lot yeah. of good came from this, this situation. So so as we think of you know, building strong prayer lives, you know, for, for believers who have um, grown in their faith, they might think it's, it's about consistency or um, it's about uh, building strong habits of prayer. But we don't need to skip over where, I guess, our prayer lives begin at the beginning of faith. And so, you know, I think of I think of my own children. I can think of new believers, uh, unbelievers who come to church for the first time, who who have not experienced what it's what it means to pray. Um, so, how would you how would you instruct? I guess somebody who is new to the faith, um, maybe somebody that has just not experienced what it, what it means to have a, a genuine prayer life. How would you instruct them to, I guess, be able to pray just to begin with? Well, it, for a new believer, prayer is a new thing. It's a new experience because you're praying to someone that you can't see. And that's like, am I supposed to be doing it? Yeah. And so they see you do it, and you model that for them. And, of course, we go back to, again, the Scriptures, and we see where Jesus, he actually outlines it in a few simple verses. How do we pray? He said, here's how you do it. And he talks about how you acknowledge God as your Lord, and then you acknowledge that you're going to worship him, and then you acknowledge that you want his will, not your will. And for a new believer, I think you want them to know that prayer is something you do every day, all the time. And in mm-hmm. doing that, you gain wisdom and strength. Like Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer. And he wants us to pray about everything. There's nothing that he doesn't want us to pray about. And you know, you look at what in Psalms 145, 18, it says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, 
to all who call on him in truth. And so as we grow as believers, I think it's so critical that we have someone to mentor us. Discipleship is key. Yeah. Having somebody you can look to because you're, you're going down this, 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 um, this journey that you've never been before, and it's all new to you. And we need to teach them that the key to prayer is an extension of our spiritual lives. So as believers, we still have that cursed, sinful nature that we have to battle, and it's a war. And so we have to teach them how to walk in the Spirit and to avoid the flesh and to be separated from those things that tend to take us into those dark places and put us in that culture and make us like them. So we as teachers, as mentors, as those that are trying to disciple, we're trying to show them that model as Jesus tried to show his disciples and all of the people that followed him, and still does through the Word. So I think teaching new believers what they need to know about prayer is that it needs to be all. It needs to be intentional. It needs to be all the time, and it needs to be in a state of worship, which now you can do that the Holy Spirit's in you. So I think the first thing is to get yourself in a position where you surrender to God. You just take the Lord's prayer, like He said when He's teaching His disciples. Turn to God, acknowledge his presence, acknowledge him as being the king of all, and the Lord of all, and give him your will, and then bow before him and offer your thoughts and your heart as the Holy Spirit has filled you to give. Well, let's, let's give some specific examples, because uh, I think for, for most of the people who listen to this, they, they have kids. So, you know, a lot of our kids, my kids, are not believers. How do we teach our children uh, who are you know learning what it means to follow Christ? Hopefully, they will submit their their life to Christ at some point. Uh, we're obviously praying that mm-hmm. that would that would happen. So, Sumari, you've helped raise a, a couple of children, and uh, how did you go about teaching them how to have a, a strong, healthy prayer life? Well, um, the first thing you do is is to me is just be authentic and honest. You know, you've, you've just got to meet them right where they are, you know. And if they're a child and they're just learning, it's a time of, um, of watching um, their lives and encouraging them where they are, but also modeling for them um, prayer um, like you would, Nick. I mean, in your family, with your children, yeah. you do it before they go to bed at night. You do it um, as you're approaching an event or whatever you, you have coming up before they go to school in the morning, when you pick them up. And they have so many things they want to talk about, and they need help. Um, well, that's let's pray about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we want our kids to learn how important it is to pray and uh, that, that we believe prayer is real. We, we don't want our kids to think that this is a, a ritual that we do, that this is just, you know, before we eat, we have to pray because that's just the step in the process. We, we want our, te- our kids to learn that we're, we're praying because we believe we are being heard by a God who loves us and cares for us. Mm-hmm. So then going back to um, going to our kids where they're at mm-hmm. with our prayers, I think one way we do that is when we pray with our kids, they're genuine prayers. They're about specific things that they're dealing with, but they're also simple prayers. We're not overcomplicating it. We're, we're letting our kids know that, one, we, we desire that they would be saved. We desire that the, the Spirit would uh, uh, make their, their hearts alive to the truth of the gospel. And, that, and then we're, we're praying for whatever specific needs that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's, not, it's not a long, drawn-out prayer. It's a, it's a um, 
consistent. We do it every night, consistent, mm-hmm. simple prayer that they hear and understand and know that we, we genuinely mean it. You know, and as a grandparent, mm-hmm. you know, with my children, they give me prayer requests, you know, to pray. You know, one of them writes it down. Says, can you pray for all these things right now? <laughs> and a lot of things Mike and I see, you know, in our our grandchildren that we can go ahead and be praying about those things. But I I keep I write it down. I'm an input person, you know. Yeah. I write everything down and and just keep up. And then when I see that answer, I go on to the next thing. So it's a real blessing to be able to see God answer prayer. He hears our prayers. He cares about every detail in our lives, mm-hmm. and He loves us so much. So. Um, and our kids need to know that mm-hmm. they need they need to see it. Mm-hmm. They need to hear it. Like, when you're te- you know when you're taking children or new believers and you're teaching them about prayer, we want to go to them where they are. Yeah. So a little child is going to have things that are important to them that we may think are insignificant. I mean, they're littlest, smallest things. Mm-hmm. Same thing with new believers. They're trying to transition from a worldly lifestyle to a spiritual lifestyle, and that prayer is that bridge that allows them to grow and gain wisdom. And we're teaching them how to do that. It's just a, it's a mechanical thing at first. But then as they see that the spiritual walk is deeper than just what we do in our own strength, then they start seeing the power of prayer. And then that's why in our class we have prayers and we have the answer to the prayer. Mm-hmm. Because one of the most one of the strongest faith-building things to see is when God answers. Yep. And not he may not answer the way we want it. But when he answers, we know he's he's there. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing is we're praying to God we can't see, but we need to know he's there and we need to have faith and trust that he is. And that's where the word comes in, just and and just praying what we um what we believe. And then prayer just helps us to trust God more. Yeah. It, I mean it it if you pray mm-hmm. continually, consistently, as years go on, you've built your faith. I mean, yeah. you're trusting him more. And it's just something, the transformation process that's going on inside of us. Yeah. We've talked about how to how we pray, uh, how to build a healthy prayer life, how to teach new believers how to pray. Let's talk about what are the things that we actually pray about. We can think about our pastoral prayers and the different prayers that we include Sunday morning. What are some things that you are consistently including in your in your daily prayers? Um, confession. Confession is, you know, in every day, I, I want to stay clean. I don't want anything to hinder my relationship with Christ. Mm. I want it to be pure and tainted, but um, I know I've got to do my part. And I think, you know, Taylor said it well when he said, we, we are masters at justifying our sin. Yeah. And whether it be, and in my case, you know, fear, um, pride, anxiety, um, perfect God perfecting love in and through my life in this trial that I've just been through. So every day, you know, we're, we, um, want to stay as close to him as we can by confessing. Yeah. So could we, we confess sin? What, what's another area that we need to be consistently praying for? Praise, 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 worship. I mean, we want to worship him just as we're sent, you know, as we're going through the day singing, mm-hmm. I mean, what a blessing it is to be a part of our church in the choir, just being a helper mm-hmm. and learning these songs that these young children are singing. Um, holy, holy, holy. I love that. Merciful and mighty. Mm-hmm. 
God in three persons, blessed Trinity. So, I mean, it's just, it just embeds into your core and, and it becomes, you're filling your mind and your heart yeah. with, with the word. Yeah. I think, I think the obvious one is, is supplication. Cause I, I we, we naturally, uh, are, are pulled towards God. I need this God. I need this. And it's not wrong. We should be praying for those things that we need, especially when we endure suffering, when we uh, deal with a head injury or, or some trauma or trial. We need to be praying consistently for those needs. That's why, you know, Wednesday night when we gather for, for corporate um, prayer time and a, a Bible study, we begin with a, a list of prayers, things that people in our congregation especially specifically need. So we, we include supplication because, you know, we're, we're needy creatures. <laughs> we, Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the ver- I mean, the, the um, hymn that talks about turn your eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. that's my favorite. Because when you turn your eyes upon Jesus, what happens to the things of earth? They grow strangely dim. Yeah. And so I had a, we were in a service uh, when we were out in California, our church out there, and the guy giving the sermon said, go home and sit down with a yellow pad or a piece of paper and write down all the things you uh, are thankful for mm. and then write down all the things that you want or need. Well, I went and I was in a Starbucks one morning early. Uh, when they opened, I sat down. And there's one gentleman there sitting over drinking his coffee, and I started writing down on this pad. I wrote down the things that I was thankful for. Mm. And the more I wrote down the things I was thankful for, the more I realized I didn't need anything. Yeah. Wow. And I broke out and I had tears coming out of my eyes while I was writing all this down because I realized all I needed was Jesus and I didn't need anything at all. And so that side was blank of the column was blank. And I happened to look over at this man who was drinking his coffee and he saw this grown man crying while he's writing down <laughs> this paper. And I thought if he only knew what I was writing down, I wish I could share it with him. But anyway, the point is, is that if we spend time enough writing down the things we're thankful for, and we turn our eyes on Jesus, that's the end of it. And that's where we get in the spirit. And that's when we can start praying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Yeah. Give thanks in all things. And, you know, one of the greatest things you can do is just have a thankfulness journal and write down all the things mm-hmm. you're thankful for. I try to do it for a day. I just write down four things. That is, again, the point of this podcast is to help uh, facilitate healthy biblical conversations, especially conversations when it comes to prayer. We don't want to let our uh, our conversations about prayer simply be, I'll pray for you, and then we walk away and we don't actually pray for one another. But we need to had, have uh, regular conversations about, I am praying for you. How can I continue praying for you? How has God answered that prayer in your life? And um, I, I think this is a, a great growth. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say that, that, that sparked me there when you said, uh, when we said we're going to pray for somebody to, to pray for them. And one thing that we've done that kind of helps mitigate the not praying part is when someone says, like, we got a call from somebody or a text and they say, will you please pray for me over this? What we do is we pray right then. And sometimes we'll actually text back a prayer. Mm. So the thing about praying for people is, yeah, it needs to be such a real part of your life that you believe it and you want to have that communion with God. And so when somebody asks you to pray for them, that's a privilege that you get to go to the throne of God and lift that up yeah. for them. And you can join them, and that process goes on, too. It doesn't yeah. just stop there. And, again, this is one reason why we, we try to reiterate the point that when you when you come to uh, gather for worship, don't be the, the last in the room and the first to leave. 
come early, meet with people who sit in your pews or strangers you have not met before and actually take the time to do that because we are we are given such a great opportunity in between community groups and the service or even after the service we we won't cut the lights off on you right away I, I promise but we're given this opportunity when we're all together for one hour out of the week let's take the opportunity to to actually lift one another up in prayer I think that's all the time we have today This has been a a wonderful conversation. Thank you both for coming. I've really enjoyed it. And we'll see you guys next time.